Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Well, somebody say amen. Is it good to know the Lord? I'm glad to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm not ashamed of it. How many spoke in other tongues when you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? As the Spirit gave you the utterance. Amen. I believe a true Pentecostal ought to speak in other tongues. And I believe you will. And you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. If you do that, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, turn and shake hands with someone and say, I hope Brother Mooney doesn't preach too long. God bless you. Now, I should... uh, You may be seated. I want to remind you that there are lots of good people here that have material and we're not able... You wouldn't want to come here and just have... Tons of people coming up and making announcements and those such things. But we count on you to stop by and to, uh, to visit and to take home some of the wonderful material that is out there. Brother Cook is here with his material in IBC. And just uh, Brother uh, Baxter has material there. Brother O.C. Marler's written a brand new book. It's collaborated with Brother Davis. It's something about dead men are really dead or something like that. I can't think of the name of it. But it's a very inspiring book. And uh, you, you might want to stop by and talk to him about your funeral or whatever. He might be packing, so be careful. And uh, we thank God for good Christian writers and it's good that People take time to write even some fictional things and put it in the right context. And also, Brother Marler has done a really unique thing. I think it's entitled, You Drive and I'll Talk. And it's a wonderful CD that will take you down the road. uh, And you'll listen to it more than once. And he just talks to you about all kinds of stuff. It's meaningless, actually, but you'll... I had to listen to it twice to get anything out of it, but you can try it. It's a really good piece. Are you feeling okay tonight? I'm, I'm aware that uh, it's 9 o'clock and I'll try to be finished by 10.30. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. Thank you very much, Brother Young, for those kind remarks. And it's a great privilege of our church to host this conference. And thank you all for coming and being part of this conference and you know why do we have conferences someone might ask and one of the reasons is so that we can come close together and uh, there's a tendency you know to get isolated in your own little world but we come close together we feel one another's heartbeat but more importantly we pray for one another and build one another up in the most holy faith how many know that scripture and when you come here for however long we're here maybe 70 some hours and you hear 12 or 13 sermons and some great music, you can't help but go away inspired. And sometimes it only takes one word, just one little thought, to completely give new direction to your life. 
And so that's why I know many of you pastors and ministers and educators and evangelists are here. And thank God for you, all of you that serve in the ministry. Let's stand together now for the reading of the Word. I don't want you to be divided over that. Here at Calvary, I have folks to be seated for the Word, but I don't want to confuse you. All right, Acts chapter 20. And we're going to look, we're going to start at verse number 20. And uh, we'll read a few verses because this is such a powerful portion of Scripture that the Apostle Paul uh, has given us here. And it's so human, it's so rich, it's so filled with passion. And you can't help but read this. You almost cry when you read this because you can feel the heartbeat of the Apostle Paul. There's probably no other place in the Bible that reveals the depth of this man's conviction and soul and Acts chapter 20. So let's read this. And now, verse 20, And now I kept nothing back that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now I go bound in the Spirit. Note that phrase, bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that the bonds and affliction abide me. But none of these things move me. Note that. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so I might finish my course. Everybody say, finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received. He wants to finish the ministry which he has received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace of God. And now Behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I am not shunned to declare unto you the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to the flock of God, over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Paul saying here, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I am going to fulfill my duty. I haven't ever allowed my own life to interfere, my love for my own life to interfere with my destiny in Jesus Christ. I believe every good preacher ought to be a preacher of calling and a preacher of destiny. And Paul says, now I'm bringing this charge to you that you take, uh, you take notice of yourself. If I've done this, I expect you to do this. And you be uh, overseers and feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Remember, it's not our church, it's his church. Somebody say amen. amen. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves. Shall men rise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them? Therefore, watch. Be careful, little children. And remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn, warn. Everyone, day and night, with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver, gold, or apparel. Yea, you yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them. And they wept sore. And he fell, they fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke. And they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. Wow. That's a good way to finish, isn't it? 
Let's pray that God will anoint the preaching of the word tonight. Jesus, in your name, talk to us, touch us, help us. Speak to us, God, for we need your help and your anointing. I pray that you'll speak to us. Thank you for all the good things that you have given us in the Spirit. Thank you for the wonderful testimonies that we've had from so many good people through the years. The legendary work of men and women that have gone before us and have fought a good fight and kept the faith like the Apostle Paul and left us a legacy and a tradition and a message that we must not fail to uphold in these last days. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Jones, for that wonderful message. Wow. I love Brother Jones. I love his preaching. He's a very special person. And Sister Jones is with him tonight. I am so glad you are here. Thank you for coming. And this is a special treat to have Brother and Sister Jones both here in the city of Indianapolis. Amen. Paul said, nothing, 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 nothing they ever did move me. Wow. Oh, he must have had conviction. He had something going for him. Now, a few Sunday nights ago, I preached a sermon here at Calvary Tabernacle. And the title of the sermon was, What Will the Pope Kiss Next? It was a rhetorical question, and I was accused of not really answering it during the course of the sermon. So tonight I am here to answer the question. The question, remember, is what will the Pope kiss next? The answer is, I don't care. We have a picture here, 1999, the Pope is kissing the Koran. Now, this is one of the most controversial kisses that the Pope has ever made. And, of course, the kiss of the Pope is a very significant thing. I'll just kind of get all of you non-Calvary members up to speed. Uh, the kiss of the Pope is very significant because if you know anything about Catholic... Uh, uh, teaching you know that whatever the Pope kisses is supposed to be blessed. And of course, if you have the privilege of kissing the Pope, that's supposed to be a great thing. Many people travel thousands of miles to kiss the Pope, and if you can kiss his ring or his finger or his toe even, they say that is quite an amazing thing. Now, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but I have to tell you, I'm in a radical mood. I I, uh, I tried all day long to shake it off, but I just can't I just can't get rid of this feeling. I mean, I'm just in a crazy mood. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It it's a dangerous mood. But at any rate, you know, kissing what you kiss can be very significant. Now, you see, the Pope's kiss was an important part of church teaching, maybe even church dogma, and this particular case. When he was visiting uh, the Islamic nations and he was at some kind of ecumenical meeting, I'll leave all the details out. You can call Brother Baxter lately, later and get off. Uh, 
This was a very controversial thing. And, of course, he picks up the Quran. This is a very special gift that was presented to him. He may have taken it back to the Vatican, I suppose, and they got it stored in a very special place. It's a leather-bound, embossed copy of the Quran. Whoa. And he kisses it. Now, Catholics hate this picture. They wouldn't want me to show you this picture. Now, I want to go on record here right now that I'm not trying in any way to bash the Pope. I'm not here to criticize him. I don't even know the man. But I just don't care what he kisses. I don't guess anybody's going to help me preach now. But this is a very important kiss because it is the kiss of ecumenicalism. It is the kiss that suggests that the Catholic Church would like to embrace, to put under one umbrella all the spiritual disciplines of the world. Because you see, you're living in a world now where most people believe it doesn't really matter how you attempt to get to God. Because there's no specific way to be baptized, there's no specific doctrine, there's no specific idea of God, so you're kind of at liberty to do your own thing. And the Catholics, I think, would very much like to get all of this kind of thinking, all of this spiritual thinking under one umbrella, so they can kind of lay hold on it and embrace it and draw it in and maybe even control all the different dimensions of spiritual life throughout the world, and what a coup that would be. And I believe personally, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but I believe this is their agenda in part. Now, you can live in your little Pentecostal world and think that this is not about you, doesn't affect you, it's not about uh, what we're doing, but in fact it is. And it's very important because, you see, we're coming down to the last days. And uh, what we do every day is very, very significant. I appreciate what Brother Haney preached to us last night because he gave me permission to be bold. He said we ought to preach this message with boldness and with conviction because he said that weakness will not get the job done. So I'm here to be bold tonight. And I'm here to be strong tonight. And I just want to start out by saying that there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And I'd like to add something to that. There's one God who is above all, through all, and in you all. Somebody say yes! The Apostle Paul said, I want to tell you, nothing has moved me. Nothing has persuaded me. There have been enemies. There have been those that have tried to work against me. There's been persecution. There's been trial. And not only that, not only trials and tests and persecution and suffering from the outside, but even from amongst us there have been some. Now, if you don't think I'm in the book here, maybe you ought to go back and read it again. Paul said, be warned. By the way, I want to tell you folks, deception is not just something that the world has to deal with. Every true oneness apostolic person has to be awake in these last days and you have to be conscious that there are some who would deceive, who would manipulate, who would use, who would come against this doctrine. And you say, why? Because they want to make disciples unto themselves. Somebody had better help me preach now. 
Would you just clap your hands and love the Lord one more time? We've got to find some apostolic preachers for this home stretch. And I do believe we're in the home stretch. I do believe these are the last days. And by the way, we've come too far to let go of this message now. We've come too far to turn our backs on that Acts 238 one God message now. I still believe you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Somebody say yes. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And we've got to find preachers and young preachers in these last days that can say nothing moves me. I'm not influenced by anything. I'm not fascinated by anything. I'm not intrigued by anything. I'm not in love with personalities. I'm not in love with celebrities. But I got my hand on that book called the Bible. And I plan to preach it in the morning. Preach it in the noontime. Preach it when the sun goes down. Somebody say yes! You know, now the Pope is kissing the Koran. You see the picture there? He's kissing the Koran. But he can kiss the Koran all he wants to. It does not make it the truth. Stand up, Mickey. Now that moves me. Paul said nothing moves me, but he never kissed Mickey, so I guess he doesn't know. Now I kissed her, she's my wife. You didn't think anything about that, because I had a right to kiss her. But if I just picked a woman up here and said, stand up, this place is going to get squirrely. Brother Strop, the superintendent, he may, he may watch me do that, and then he's going to say, Brother Mooney, that is your last time to ever preach Mark. But I could pick a woman if she would let me, which is unlikely. And I could kiss her, but it would not make her my wife. Matter of fact, if I kissed her, it might even be a form of betrayal against my own wife. Somebody help me preach now. So I'm going to answer the question, what will the Pope kiss next? I'm going to say, I don't care what he kisses next. It doesn't matter to me what he kisses next. Because he can kiss the Koran. He can kiss New Ageism. He can kiss Humanism. He can kiss Pantheism. It doesn't matter. It does not transform it. I wish I had a little help here now. It does not transform it. The Pope's kiss doesn't make it right. The Pope's kiss doesn't make it truth. The Pope's kiss doesn't make it doctrine. The Pope's kiss doesn't make it salvation. So, the question, what will the Pope kiss next? I don't care. I wish somebody would help me. I don't care. I'm glad Brother Haney gave us license last night to be tough. I took him seriously.
What will the Pope kiss next? I don't care. All of you on the World Wide Web, I don't care. Because something inside of me says, there's one Lord, one faith. If you ever thought about getting this, you ought to get it now. If you ever thought about preaching this, you ought to preach it now. It's time to steady the course. It's time to preach the truth. It's time to be consistent. Don't waver. Don't look back. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the Savior. I don't know about you, but I think we're about to win this thing. Personally, I have no desire to meet anybody at a table of compromise or ecumenicalism. Do whatever you want to do, I'm not going. Now, weakness won't get it, folks. Weakness won't get it. How many believe what the bishop preached last night? Weakness won't get it. Uncertainty won't get it. Paul said, I know about all the, I know about all the opposition. I know about all the plans. I know about all the subtle attacks. I know about all the difficulties. But none of these things move me. Now you say, well, we wouldn't be affected by the Pope kissing the Koran. Don't miss the point here. There are really two schools developing in Christianity, in the broadest context of defining Christianity, two schools. And this, I know for some of you, is an oversimplification. But time does not allow us to deal with all the sub-issues. So let's just deal with two basic categories. Category number one is that it doesn't matter what you believe, or it doesn't really matter about doctrine, it doesn't really matter about uh, how you're baptized, or it doesn't matter about trying to defend any particular Christian position or doctrinal position. We're just all one big family. Catholics, Protestants, and all the little groups of Christians. And not only that, but it's time, according to this category number one, they say the prophets and the, all of the uh, soothsayers and all of the teachers of this category one, they want you to believe that it's even time for Christians to embrace other forms of uh, spiritual thought. And uh, it's time for us to be more broad-minded. And we've got to stop being so narrow. By the way, I don't personally believe that oneness people are narrow, and I don't believe we're exclusive. But when you preach Christ, by the nature of the message itself, you're going to be pushed into a category of narrowness or a category of exclusivism. Because, you see, if you lift up the name of Jesus Christ, I believe I can hear Jesus say, He shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. So i got a little problem here. It doesn't matter what men think about it. i got to stay with the name. It doesn't matter if men hit, hate me or hit me. I've got to stay with the truth. i got to preach it. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Are you okay tonight? Now I know this is a, I know this is a little old-fashioned, but I feel radical. Clap your hands to the Lord now. The 
Pope can kiss all these spiritual streams, he can fish in spiritual streams. And I, I've heard all the arguments, you know, all these great streams of philosophy, all these great streams of thinking, all these great streams of spirituality, they all come into some confluence of humanity and it provides a people to have an opportunity to explore their potential. Matter of fact, people won't even hardly come to church tomorrow anymore unless you're preaching about their potential. Well, I, I, I don't want to destroy your illusion tonight, but unless some of you change a whole lot between now and next week, you ain't got a whole lot of potential. And I want to tell you this, if you're not under the blood of Jesus Christ, if you're not buried in His name, if you're not filled with His Spirit, the way I read this Bible, there's no hope. You've got to get in this. You've got to stay in this. You've got to love this. Could I just challenge every preacher in this place? If I could be so bold, every young student in this place, steady the course, preach the Word, be instant, in season and out of season. Don't quit now! People, some people are fascinated about this kind of category one because it puts us all together. We can all fish out of the same pond and we can all... Now folks, I've lived, I've lived most of my life in front of audiences and I, I know when I'm hitting every once in a while some brick walls and I love it. It makes me bold as I can be because I'm not ashamed nor afraid to tell you that compromise is not the way to win the world. Ecumenicalism is not the way to win the world. You've got to be apostolic from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. You cannot bend. You cannot bow. You cannot waver. I didn't say be mean. I didn't say be hateful. I didn't say be nasty. I said be strong. Steady the course. Keep the faith. Walk in the light of God's Spirit. Paul said, I'm bound in the Spirit. Explore that. I'm bound by the Spirit. Don't you love that story in Nehemiah chapter 6? You may be seated. Nehemiah chapter 6, where old Nehemiah is up there on the wall, and people are trying to get him to come down. And he said, I can't come down. And he sent messengers, and he said, he'll go tell all those people that's trying to get me to come down. Tell them I'm not coming down. And do you remember the reason why he said he's not coming down? I'm doing... What? What did you say? No, you didn't say it. See, the first time you said good work. And what you said? Somebody over here said good work. Who was it? Warner, you should have known better. It is a good work. Now look up there, Warner. On the screen, Warner. Great work. Nehemiah 6, 3. I sent messengers and said unto them, I am doing a great work. Pope, you can kiss the Koran all you want to. I'm not coming down. You know why I'm not coming down? I'm doing a great work. I'm so glad I found it out, found it out, found it out. I'm so glad I found it out, found it out at last. See, that's your signal to go to the instruments. 
I'm so glad I found it out. Found it out. Found it out. I'm so glad. Found it out. Found it out at last. Well, I know Jesus is the Father. I know Jesus is the Son. I know Jesus is the Holy Ghost. All these three I want. I'm so glad I found it out. Found it out. Found it out. I'm so glad I found it out. Found it out in time. Somebody say yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, there's a second category. The second category are people that believe that this Bible has a definitive message. That there is such a thing as the form of doctrine. That there is such a thing as the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. And our commitment has got to be to that doctrine. You know, people are wanting to go solo today. Spirituality has gone solo now. You know what the new buzzword is? Watch this. Watch this. (laughs) The new buzzword is the manifest presence. That's all that matters, is the manifest presence. I want to tell you about the so-called manifest. we got people. You know, there was a woman going around the country. Is this too strong for you? There was a woman going around the country. Not this woman. And uh, they exposed her. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. But she had meetings and she would pray and flakes would fall out of the ceiling. Go flakes. Anybody ever hear about that? Go flake woman. Folks, you don't get this kind of preaching. And you know why I'm preaching like this? Because I figure I'll never be asked again to preach tomorrow. It's rare for anybody on the committee to get a privilege to preach anyway. So, And this cost me several thousand dollars just to get this chance. So they had the gold leaf lady. And, of course, they exposed her. I'll spare you all the details, but some reporter exposed her. You know, it's a shame that reporters have to come in with a spirit of discernment. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to help me now. It seems to me the church ought to have the spirit of discernment. As a matter of fact, you're one great weapon against false doctrine and against deception. And don't think it can't happen to you. Because when we begin to lust after popularity, and we begin to lust after money, we set ourselves up to be deceived. Paul said, nobody can lay any charge to my feet. I never went after your money. I never coveted your favor. I worked with my own hands. And I kept this gospel. And no man can lay a charge at my feet. And no man's blood is on my hands. Every apostolic preacher ought to take that on as your motto. No blood shall ever be upon my hands. I will preach it and tell it and sing it and preach it and tell it and sing it until I die. Because nothing moves me. Now stay with me. Don't cool off. I feel like I'm heating up and you're cooling off. So we're back to the gold lady. And they, the, some reporter exposed that whole thing. And, of course, you know, they were blowing uh, gold dust out of the air conditioning vents or something like that. 
Now, they were calling that a manifest a manifestation of God's presence. You know, when you when you and many people fell for it, you know. It's like people barking like dogs, roaring like lions. They call that a manifestation of God's presence. So if you don't have doctrine... Don't get quiet on me now. The bishop told me I could preach bold. He said weakness wouldn't get the job done. So we're going to be bold. All of us need to be bold. You know one thing that people hate out there in the so-called superficial, uh, in the superficial Christianity, anything goes, no doctrine, no standards, just kind of this evangelical muddle and mess. You know the one thing they hate is somebody with conviction, somebody with a message, somebody with an idea about holiness and righteousness. But I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Somebody say yes! Amen. People want, you know, they want to just have any old thing goes. And when any old thing goes, you have no standard. It's like going in a it's like going into General Motors and just building a car any old way. Nobody would come out with a Buick. They have standards. And there has to be a doctrinal position that you hold. This is what the Apostle Paul, I contend, is talking about here in this verse. He said, I kept the course. I studied the course. I stayed on the message. Even when you threw me out of your church, I kept preaching. Even when you didn't like it, I kept preaching. Even when my own brethren stood against me, I kept preaching. I'm doing a, a great work. And I will not compromise. <laughs> Sit down. Oh my God. Alright, read it again. I'm doing a great work and I cannot. You cannot see the screen. <laughs> You know, that's such a good illustration. I'd like to just use it. That's what they want you to do, buddy. They want you to look at their screen. You all missed the pun. Do I have to explain it to you? They want you to keep their eyes on, your eyes on their screen. What you better, I liked it. What you better do is keep your eye on that book. Keep your eye on the prize. I'm doing a great work. Watch this. So that I will not come down. I cannot come down. Why? Because Nehemiah, perhaps like the Apostle Paul, was bound by a conviction. He was bound by a vision. He was bound by a determination. The Apostle Paul said, I am bound in the Spirit. I got to go. He had a calling. He had a ministry. He had been touched by the power of God. And I suggest that's the kind of sons of thunder we need in these last days. And it's that kind of strength that will win the day. That's what Bush was trying to say at his State of the Union address. I was privileged to go there. He said, anyone that is not for us is against us. Bingo. That takes us to the second category.
The people who understand that there is such a thing that is absolute, that cannot be changed, that cannot be altered. Clap your hands if you believe it. That's, Brother Jones, what you were talking about and preaching about tonight. And folks, it's more than just some put on pretended manifestation. It takes this word of God. Somebody said that we're throwing away Pentecostal doctrine in exchange for so-called manifestations. I say every good, honest, and true thing we have at all is by and through the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Clap your hands to the Lord. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 11. Nehemiah said, I know what some of them are trying to do. We've got people out here that are, you know, they're trying to sneak in. They're trying to say, we're going to sneak in and kind of get them from the blind side. But Nehemiah said, we'll be ready. They think we don't know, but we know. We need some smart apostolic people in these days that are tuned in, that are filled with information, that are in touch with the Spirit, that are using their own heads, allowing the spirit of discernment to keep them settled and keep them on target. If not, you're going to get steamrolled by a spirit in these last days that says nothing matters. Doctrine doesn't matter. Holiness doesn't matter. Living right doesn't matter. See, there are some people that want to play in this pool of kind of nebulous kind of uh, ambiguous kind of church theology and all of that because they can sell a lot of tapes in there they can sell a lot of books in there they can have they can have a lot of big programs in there they can broaden the markets this is not about money this is not about markets this is not about personality it's not about making money this is about preaching the word of god so what do you want the pope to kiss it doesn't matter you can, you can say, well, oh, we took our message to Rome and the Pope kissed it. So what? Now, now, do I sound a little... Do I sound mean? I don't want to be mean. You understand? Let me define something for you. I'm not talking about a kind of toughness and a kind of seriousness attitude toward preaching today that puts you, uh, that puts you in a bottle of confinement where you have no faith, where you're hunkered down, you've got a fork mentality. I'm not talking about that. That's like trying to put wind in a bottle and then float a boat with that. You, you can't do that. You can't, you can't say, I've got wind in my bottle. If you want that boat to sail, you're going to have to get out in the ocean and the wind will have to carry you along. So I'm not preaching about that. I'm not preaching about negativity. I'm preaching about being in a state of attitude, in a state of heart that says, nothing can move me. One of my little favorite analogies, one of, my, one of the things that really helps my thinking, I think I mentioned this to the Indiana District maybe a couple years ago. In Leviticus, you'll see where they took a particular coin and they called it the shekel of the sanctuary. You remember that? And they, that shekel was the mode or it was the balance. It was the weight. It weighed a certain amount. And so if you had anything that you, uh, in business, that you were involved in business, you had to bring whatever coins you had and you had to bring them into the sanctuary and they obviously had a scale there. Am I in the book? And all by estimation shall be according to the shekel. The shekel where? So, you know, you can have whatever you want to 
have it. You can call it whatever you... You can bring it to the Pope and say, we'd like for you to endorse this. But the Pope's endorsement does not change the fact that we have an obligation to bring whatever we preach into the sanctuary of God's Word and His presence. There all estimations have to be weighed out. There all preaching has to be weighed out. There all doctrine has to be weighed out. There all ideas have to be weighed out. There all concepts have to be weighed out. There all thinking has to be weighed out. Clap your hands and help me preach now. Somebody said, oh, I got a new doctrine. I got a new idea. Oh, you do? Well, that's interesting. I'm going to take you into the sanctuary here. And I just sat down there. You got a new doctrine? What is your new doctrine? Oh, I see. Oil's dripping out your fingers. Okay. And you're putting earrings in your ears. Tattoo on the back of your neck. Okay. That's an interesting doctrine. And you've got gold leaf coming down out of the air conditioning system. Let's check on that here. You've got halitosis and people faint in the spirit. So you can come over here and we'll check that out. Whatever you got, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever you think you have. Now I can go along and I can say, mm, Boy, what a wonderful idea. Mm, what a, what a, I ain't going to kiss you. Don't worry about that. What a wonderful idea. I could kiss and kiss and kiss and kiss. But it is that sanctuary coin that I have to measure. Help me now. It's that sanctuary coin. I got to measure everything by that. Somebody say with me, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. So whatever you think, whatever you think, uh, you think is really, uh, maybe you just think you're good looking. We can measure your looks. We can measure your attitude by that book. We can measure your spirit by that book. Apostolics, there's one thing that binds us together around the world. And that is, now this is not to say we're perfect in this, but it doesn't matter where you go around the world. There is kind of a balance. There's, a, there's an established conceptual and uh, doctrinal position that we all hold dear. And we fight for it and we contend for it. And we judge Don't be afraid of that word. We judge things by that doctrine. You know where I start out with? I start out with Acts 2.38. Even if I pick up a new Bible in the bookstore. Scoot over a little bit. I mean, how's things going up in Michigan, by the way? They tell me you are knocking them dead up there in Bridge City. Bridgman, yeah, wherever it is. When I get in the bookstore... And I pick up a Bible, one of these new versions. I'm not against new versions per se, you understand. But do you do this? I turn to Acts 2.38. Can I get a witness? If they mess that up, I just close that book, put it back on the shelf. If they don't have that right, I figure the whole thing's messed up. So somebody says, Pastor, what do you think about such and such a, uh, uh, such and such a translation? And I say, well, you know, I was looking at that the other day. Don't buy it. Say, I don't even have to look very much past Acts 2.38. Is that all right? Do you do that? Well, you need to start doing that. <laughs> Sam, let me talk to you here. Did you, were you here last night? No. Okay. Brother Haney was here last night and he said, we had to be strong. Mean? No, he didn't say mean. He said we shouldn't be mean, but I think a little meanness helps. I disagree with him there. (laughs) 
You know, when David, when they put those guards up on the wall and they were handicapped, I hate to use that word, but they were crippled and blind. And they said that Jerusalem was so strong that nobody could ever take the city. And so David got some of his guys to swim through the sewer. And they said, well, what are we going to do? He said, when you get up there, kill the blind people. That's kind of mean. (laughs) But David was no spoiled brat. And he said, in effect, if you think that you can guard, he said to the Jebusites, he said, you think if you can guard this with blind people and it's going to stop me because I'm intimidated by your little tricks and by your little appeal to sympathy. He said, no, 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 it's not going to work that way. If you've got blind people up there, we're going to take off their heads. Uh-huh. And he did. <laughs> well, it's been nice knowing all you people. I've enjoyed our... <laughs> I've enjoyed our fellowship through the years, and it's time for me to go now, and God bless you. I wish you well, but as for me and my house, you know, I, I want to stick with this, folks, because this is the whole stretch run, and this thing is really getting excited. You know what excites me? You know what excites me about being apostolic? I even like the word oneness. We're oneness. I like that word. Oneness. Say it. Oneness. Oneness. One God. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. If you're offended at that, you're offended at Christ. There's no such thing as a trinity. There's no such thing as a triune God. The God Jehovah of the Old Testament was manifest in the flesh. And He has one name. And that name is Jesus. That name is Jesus. Somebody say yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That name is Jesus. That name is Jesus. I love that name. I love that name. Everything you believe. You can get the Pope to kiss your little organization. You can get the Pope to kiss your book. You can get the Pope to endorse your religion. But it doesn't matter. I'll answer the question, what will the Pope kiss next? I don't care. And you shouldn't care either. You should be so focused on what we should be doing and preaching in these last days that nothing move you. All your estimations have to be according to that book. Isn't that good? Find me that scripture. Have I, have I run out of time? Where, where are you going to go? I want to preach until all the restaurants are closed and then you won't care anymore. Plus, Brother Faulkner here is the regional manager of Steak and Shake. And if I can preach past ten, that will be the only restaurant still open. And it will help the tithing here at Calvary Tabernacle to go up considerably. Give the Lord a great big hand. Judges. Somewhere in Judges, the prophet, you may be seated, Deborah said that she came on the scene and she said the highways were unoccupied. Your brother may be seated because you did not measure up to the shekel in the sanctuary. Now, folks, you say, well, you know, we can't win the world like this. Let me take you to Moscow. Just a few weeks ago, Sister Mooney and I were in Moscow. And brother and Sister Turner said, would you like to go? They're going to announce the winners of the Tchaikovsky International Fellowship. 
whatever they call that, musical competition, Tchaikovsky competition, Moscow, the great Moscow theater. And we didn't know, but we got there that night. I hope you're not offended. We got there that night, and would you believe Putin came in? So we got to see Putin. I don't know why, but it's just nice to see him, I guess. It was a special treat. And they got up to announce first place. They got up to announce first place. Listen closely. First place in violin. First place in cello. And this is the stiffest musical competitions in the world. Now, I couldn't understand the man, but Brother Turner interpreted for me. The man got up and said, We regret to announce that no one was worthy of first place this year. So we start with the second place winners. See, they had a category called first place. And you didn't get first place just because you were the best guy there that year. You had to meet a certain qualification to get that first place. I wish you understood that you ain't just going to go to heaven willy-nilly. You're not going to go to heaven because you're the best in the class or God's going to grade you on the curve. You must. I believe I can hear the Spirit say, you must. Be born again. You must. I believe you must be born again of the water and the Spirit. You say, everybody's going to be saved. I believe I can hear Jesus warning us that He's going to look at some and say, I know that you've done this in my name. I know you've done miracles in my name. But depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I want you to believe this truth, sir. Love it with all your heart. Hallelujah. Be true to the calling. Be true to what God has spoken to your heart. It doesn't matter what your relatives say. It doesn't matter what your friends say. You are bound in the Spirit. You are bound in the Holy Ghost. Lay your hands on somebody next to you and pray that we'll have the courage to finish these last days in the Spirit, to finish in the faith, to finish in the doctrine, to finish in strength. Hallelujah. 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 I don't care what the Pope kisses. I don't care what the world does. I don't care what Hollywood does. It doesn't matter. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Love this word. Love this doctrine. Love this faith. Die with your boots on. Die with your lungs strong. Die with your convictions. Somebody say yes. Ken Grady criticizing the oneness movement in Charisma magazine said about young people that after some of the old guys die, after a few more funerals, that some of the oneness people would probably be more uh, accommodating. I can't quote it exactly, but that... uh, You know that some of you young fellows, after some of us old guys died, are going to be more prone to embrace the Trinitarian doctrine. Now I want to tell you, Mr. Grady doesn't know the young people I know. 
Brother Jones, they're in Russia. They're in South America. They're in Germany. They're in France. They're in the Philippines. They're in China. They're in Japan. All over this world. An army of young people like you've never seen before. And they not only love holiness, they love that name. They love this one God message. And they will preach it. If every old man on this platform died tonight, there's young men in this place that will pick up the torch. And they will take us into the next battle, into the next conflict, and they will win. How many believe that truth will triumph? I'm feeling bolder now. I'm feeling bolder now. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Hanath, in the days of Jael, the what? The what? We're unoccupied. And what did the travelers do? Not good. That don't sound good to me. You read this carefully. And Deborah was very upset. It took a woman to get people stirred up. She said, we got people out here on the byways, traveling in alleys and back roads. And you know why they had to do that? Because the highways had been commandeered by commandos, terrorists, and they had taken over unbelievers, ungodly, unwholesome, people that didn't love the truth and didn't love righteousness, people that would kill for the dollar, people that would steal the doctrine from their own grandmother just so they could have another little feather in their crown. They had taken over the highways. And the highways were unoccupied. And you know what she said? She said, we're going to get back on the highway. The highways belonged to us. Suppose some commandos, some bandits, some terrorists shut down these big interstate highways between here and Chicago. How long do you think our government would tolerate that? Huh? Got some radical Islamics out there. And they, they, they stretch their, they stretch their, uh, their Korans, their kissed Korans across the highway and say, we dare you to drive across these Korans. If, if Bush has any, if he has any strength at all, he'd be driving jeeps across those Korans and saying, you're not going to block our highways. That's the attitude I think you need in these last days. Stay on the highway. Open up the highway. You know what the highway is? It's a highway of holiness. It's a highway of righteousness. It's the apostles' doctrine. Get on that highway. Huh? You need to be on that highway. Some, some student just come up here. Brother Tamer, come up here. Just start walking. This is the highway. This is the highway. Walk real slow. Don't run. You're a very athletic person. I can't keep up with you. I could at one time, but not now. Walk real slow. Now you see, you 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 may be seated. You could good 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 company on this on this highway, and you're just going to bump into people like so. Oh man, I'm so. Are you? What is your name? Are you Matthew? Say yes, you're Matthew. I yes, know we I'm haven't man. practiced this. It's Sorry. Kind of like. Did you graduate from IBC? I did. You have a master's degree. You're going to. You're on working on your PhD. This shouldn't be too hard to figure out. All right. All right. All right. Try to go with the flow here. Are you Matthew? Yes, I am. Very, very good. Boy's a quick learner, isn't he? All right. 
Matthew. Are you the same Matthew that wrote about Emmanuel, that his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is God with us? I'm glad to be. I must be on the right way if you're on this way. All right, somebody else come up here. Chance, come up here. Oh, yes. Brother Chance. Here's Brother Chance. This is a good highway to be on. You're walking down this highway. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Are you the Apostle Peter? I can't believe him. I must be on the right way. You're the same Apostle Peter that said, repent and be baptized. Baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, brother. That's you. Oh man, I'm telling you, I must be. Now, now, don't, don't, don't you mean that some people won't be on this highway? This is a highway of holiness. This is a highway of absolutes. This is a highway of doctrine. This is a highway of high thought. This is a highway of high ideas. This is the highway. This is a godly highway. This is a holy way. Uh, the Billies and the Bennies may not be on this way. Bin Laden may not be on this way. I thought you people were tough. I'm just warning you. Not everybody's on this highway. But if I'm on this highway with the apostles, somebody give me here. Somebody else with me. Somebody else come up here. Just volunteer. Come on up here. Yeah, somebody. Oh yeah, we're getting this is getting better right now. All right, just kind of going along here. And oh, 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 are you the? I can't believe this. Are you the apostle Paul? Yes, I am. The same Paul that said that there was one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Yes, I am. Oh, it's so good, man. I must be on the right way. Now, if I'm on the same way with Peter and Matthew and Paul, I don't care if anybody else is on this way or not, because we have to contend for the doctrine that was once delivered to the saints. And as long as I'm in Bible company, as long as I'm in Jesus company, as long as I'm in apostolic company, that's good enough for me. So the question, what shall the Pope kiss next? Answer. Thank you. I'm glad you you got that, Brother Keller. Somebody said, I don't know and I don't care. That's what Brother Young said. I don't know and I don't care. So what shall the Pope kiss next? I don't care. It really doesn't matter. It does matter, of course, because so many people are deceived. The world, it matters to the world, but it doesn't matter to us because we found the place in Him. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to encourage you. Ever pastor in this place, don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be discouraged in preaching this message. There's going to be much happen in these next ten years. This will be a decade of a cultural war and a theological war, and somebody will win it. Make no mistake about somebody's ideas will prevail. And you've got to guard yourself. Do you know going back to Nehemiah chapter 6, he said that they came to him four times and even a fifth time, and they all brought the same message. Come on down and do join us and we'll negotiate and we'll form allegiances. And he said four times I told them that I'm not coming down. They come a fifth time, and the fifth time they brought personal charges against him. And the fifth time they marginalized him. And the fifth time they tried to say, well, you know, you're just an evil person and you're trying to win uh, something for yourself. And he was so offended that he wouldn't even respond to the charge. You read it in the Bible. He said, 
said, that's ridiculous. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Now, there's where we need to be, ladies and gentlemen, if I can pour my heart out to you. And I'm no good unless I preach to you what I really feel. And in this conference, I hope we can find some people that will go home and say, I'm going to stay on this highway. It would be a shame, would it not? If the terrorist, the spiritual terrorist, these kind of spiritual soloists, these kind of marketing kind of Madison Avenue people that have no concept of absolutism and right and wrong, they have no concept of the revelation of the mighty God in Christ and they don't care how this thing really ends up. Wouldn't it be a shame if somehow in these last days, in these last few fleeting moments of this world, we should be pushed and shoved off the highway and somebody would say, how sad, the highways are unoccupied and old men walk on the byways. You don't know how precious some things are until you lose them, ladies and gentlemen. Stand with me if you would, please. Now, I've preached you all probably mad. But I love you. And I want you to know that God will be with us. Thank you. Let's just put your hands together and receive the word in your heart. Receive the word in your heart. God, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to go back and start an apostolic revival in my city. Every day we turn around, we're challenged to reach out to this world. It's a right challenge because you cannot just pull your boat into harbor. They say the shipbuilder, if all he wanted to do was to to keep the boat from crashing, he never would take it out of the harbor. There's no fear here. We can go out of the harbor. We can face the world. But don't ever be weak. Don't ever be inconsistent. Just hold the message and hold up that banner of Jesus Christ and say, this is who I am. I'm not ashamed. I've been called. I'm not ashamed. I'm not trying to hide anything. I just got this message and I love it. That is what will attract people. On Sunday here in Indianapolis, there are people that walk down the street going to a coach game and they paint themselves in blue paint. And we don't even have a very good team. I could see people in St. Louis getting excited about, what's the name of your team? I know you don't know. I'll ask Brother Jones. He might know. Just kidding. We, 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 we don't even have a heart to have a winning team, I don't guess. But there's these freaks out here. They're in blue paint. And, and they're weird. They don't care what the world thinks about them. And I really do believe with all of my heart that we need kind of a conviction that's so strong and bold that said, this is who we are and what God has called us to be. And that is what will attract the world to his people and to his message. Clap your hands to the Lord. I know some people are uncomfortable with this, but I want you to take hands and just lift them up like this. You don't, don't inquire into anybody's private life. Don't try to get someone to ball around with you. Just pray that God will make us strong. A unity prayer of strength. I don't know what the world holds, but I know Brother Jones preached it right tonight. God will honor His Word. He will honor His Word. Pray that God will make us strong. Hallelujah! 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 Oh, yes! Hallelujah! 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 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Does anybody love this message? Hallelujah. I wish somebody just come up here and stand around here and say, let's, let's get on the team together. Let's believe God together. Somebody come up here. Some of you preachers come up here. Come on, preachers, preachers, wives. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to pray for ministers in these days. I'm going to ask everyone in this audience as pastors and pastors' wives are coming up here around the front. And ministers, if you've got a call, come on up here around the front. Particularly ministers, just get in close. And pastors and pastors' wives. And we're going to pray for one another tonight. We're going to believe. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to stretch out your hand right now. How many want your pastor? I know you do. You want your pastor to be strong in doctrine and in faith. This is no time for uncertainty. This is no time for weakness. Come on, stretch out your hand and let's pray together. Hallelujah. The Alpha and the Omega. He's the Heavenly Father. He's beginning and the end. Much more than this, my friend. He's the Son of Man. He's coming back again. Let me tell you who Jesus is. He's the Rock of Ages. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Somebody can demonstrate parlor tricks just for entertainment. You know, there's some of that goes on. But we need to pray that God will give us a fresh anointing so that we can preach the truth without fear and without favor. I'm going to ask everyone. I know I wish we could would take more time, but if you could just lay your hands on one another. And we're going to pray that God will give us a fresh inspiration and anointing. I don't know about you, but I want to be strong. When I get to the end of this thing, I want to be able to say, there's no blood on my hands. I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. He's the son of man. He's coming back again. Let me tell you who Jesus is. He's the rock of all ages. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the heavenly Father. He's the Yeah. 
Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Now, we're going to pray another prayer that God will baptize us with love. Love and compassion. Let me tell you, if you think that an anointing means... Now, I'm preaching to apostolics tonight. I'm preaching to Pentecostals. I'm preaching to the family group. You know how that is when you're preaching to your group. But we're going to be sent out to preach to people that are going to be tough. And God sends us out as lambs among wolves. So we need to be baptized with a spirit of love. What we do here at a conference like that, that's one thing. When you're back in your home church and you're dealing with broken hearts and you're dealing with shattered lives and messed up communities and politicians that are messed up, doctors and psychiatrists, even preachers are looking for answers today because they've left the faith, they've left the truth. And I want us to pray now that God will baptize us with love, that God will open up doors and help us. We can be strong, committed in the doctrine, and yet our hearts can be filled with a love for this world. How many know Jesus loved the world? He loves sinners. Let's pray that God will baptize us with fresh love. God, in your name, fill our hearts with love. Fill our hearts with compassion. Superintendent Brother Strout, and I would like to ask if these two wonderful people here, if you'll help them up, please. And I would like for every young man and every young woman to come and stand here on these. These are very small steps, so be careful. You, you men can get on the top ones here. Every young person under the age of 25, 25 or under, I want you to face the audience. I want you to stand on these steps and you'll have to kind of help one another. You've got to call into the ministry. I'm not trying to distinguish you now. You have to have a call into the ministry to come up here. You're under 25 and you have a call into the ministry. Males, females, don't be embarrassed. Come right on up here. A call into the ministry. Some of you are going to be missionaries. Now, keep coming, keep coming. Fill these. We have a young man up here who is one of the most esteemed men in our movement, Brother Jerry Jones. And he's going to pray a prayer. And we're all going to pray for these young people. Some of these are IBC students. Many of them are not. They're coming under the age of 25 or 25 or under. Just keep filling this up. Fill up all these steps. These are, these are young people. Are you listening to me? These are young people with a call into the ministry. Now, now I, I want to... I'm not trying to apologize, but I'm just trying to explain to you. I preached 
tough tonight because I want them to see and to understand that there is a need in this hour to be strong. Don't play games with the doctor. Don't play games with your convictions. You've got to finish this thing and be able to say that the, there's no blood on my hands. Nothing moved me. Now, before Brother Jones prays, I want you to answer the question. Do you care what Eminem kisses? Do you care what Madonna kisses? Do you care what the Pope kisses? A kiss is like, a, is like approval. Do you care what Hollywood kisses? No. But do you care about what that Bible says? Yes. You've got to bring all your convictions. You've got to bring all your ideas to the Bible. Now, if you look at this and you can't see that God is getting an army of young people together, and every old man in this place could die, and I, I promise you that these young people would keep on keeping on, because they've got a call of God. We're all level at the foot of the cross. We're all the same before God. This is an army. If just a small fraction of these actually fulfill, and I pray for them, and you need to pray for them, that some of them don't shoot themselves in the foot before they get out of the chute. Because there will be temptations of fornication, temptations of other things that will come against them. But we need these young people to be strong. And I believe God is going to use them and let every demon and every devil and every unbeliever know that God is calling young men in this country today to preach this one God message. They don't care about the dollar. They don't care about satellite popularity. They don't want to be kissed by the Pope. They don't want to be kissed by Hollywood. They don't want to be kissed by politicians. They want to be preachers. They want to be preachers. You can't lay hands on them, but while Brother Jones is praying, you can stretch forth your hand. And if any preacher in here feels to come up and lay hands on some of these young people, I want you to feel that of the Spirit. There's some talent here like you wouldn't believe. God is getting ready to do something like we've never seen before. Brother Jones is one of the finest young men that ever moved through the United Pentecostal Church. His love for the message, his commitment to the truth. I want him to pray. For these young people. Would you stretch out your hand right now? Brother Jones, thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for each of these young people tonight. God, I pray that they would fall in love with this message. That it would be rooted and grounded deep in their hearts. That they would love Acts 2.38, Lord. They would preach repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. God, they would preach without fear or favor. They would understand the absolute essentiality of being born again of water and spirit. That they'd be oneness, Lord, from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. They would know there is one Lord and His name is Jesus. That He is the image of the invisible God. That He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. They would preach it, Lord, wherever they go. Never be ashamed of it. Never try to hide it or disguise it. But proclaim it from every housetop. I pray, Lord, they would preach that Your name, God, heals, saves, and delivers. That it is Your name where our hope is. That we are children of that name. We are saved by that name. Delivered by that name. Empowered by Your name. That all that we do is in Your name. 
that we are your people, the sheep of your pasture, that you have called us, and we are called to proclaim your gospel everywhere, in every way. I pray they would be bold, Lord. I pray they would be principled, O God, that they would be firm and strong and committed, that they, Lord, would stand without care for personality, without care for what others may say. I pray you would give them boldness. I pray you would cause them to love this world as much as they love your word, that they would love the lost enough to tell them the truth, that they would preach it with boldness, but with love. Do it, Lord, for your glory. Give them your strength. Give them your power. Give them your anointing. Give them your grace. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you love this truth, clap your hands to the Lord. Let's thank God for what we've heard tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many believe His truth is marching on? How many believe His truth is marching on? Brother Moody, thank you. Thank you for the good Word of God. Scripture says, earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. Challenge anyone, I challenge anyone to read the book, the Acts of the Apostles. They didn't have signs outside their building that said United Pentecostal Church or Apostolic Church. But if those brethren were here today and preached now what they preached then, and lived now what they lived then, and experienced now what they experienced then, and baptized now like they baptized then. Live now like they lived then. How many know what group of people they might be associated with today? Come on, we've got to be honest when we look into the book. That's got to be our standard. And we thank God for that certain word tonight. Speak the truth in love. And everybody said amen. What a great day we've had at Mark today. We're going to meet back here again at 10 a.m. in the morning. Please come early to pray. How many believe that prayer makes a difference? Let's come seeking the face of God, ready to receive direction, guidance from the Holy Ghost. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. Love the truth. Love righteousness. Love God. Love the lost. Love one another. Greet one another in Jesus' name.